been quite some time since we've recorded an episode. I don't even remember. Me either. And to be completely honest, I'm not really sure what we're even going to talk about today. But um, a lot of you guys have been asking for us to do um, just kind of like an episode on an update of our CF and how is it going. So here we go. Oh, you you start. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just to give you guys an update, I'm working at an at a rehab center at an outpatient hospital. Um, and I work with the little ones, with the little tiny babies. I work from like 18 months all the way up to 17 years old. Definitely a variety in caseload and population and um, severity and disorders and stuff. So it's very interesting, which also kind of makes it hard. I do enjoy it though. So that's where I'm at. And Chloe, where are you? Um, I'm still at a skilled nursing facility working with my elderly. <laughs> so Chloe, I think this is really good. You and I are like complete opposite. Yeah. So it kind of gives you guys like a little bit of both. Um, I know a lot of people like when you're still in grad school, it's really hard to like decide like, do I want to work with adults? Do I want to work with kids? It's a little bit easier to get a job with kids in my opinion. Um, but you know, Mm-hmm. The option to work with adults is still there. Um, so my CF, I think the last time we recorded, I was dealing with imposter syndrome really bad. Yeah. I was just like so lost and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Everyone probably hates me. They probably regret hiring me, which was not the case. I actually asked my supervisor, I was like, do you regret hiring me? And she's like, no, of course not. <laughs> like she kind of, she kind of expected um, yeah. to like, you know, be my supervisor and have right. to be there for me and stuff. So I'm, I don't think I'm dealing with the imposter syndrome anymore. I think I've gotten better at like being not so hard on myself and like reminding myself that whenever something gets tough, like it's just another learning experience and it's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else? What yeah. are your hours like? My hours, I work 40 hours. Summer's been kind of slow just because a lot of kids go on vacation, you know, it's summer break and stuff. So I've been working maybe like 36 hours this summer. Do you get, I think, like, I'm trying to think of differences between my setting and your setting, like, like, you, your, like, you get holidays and stuff like that. Yeah, so that is one of the biggest differences between me working at a, you know, hospital. It's kind of just like a regular private clinic in some ways. So, yeah, I get holidays very minimal. I only get, like, Christmas and Thanksgiving, and I got Fourth of July, Memorial Day, and Labor Day. I think those are, like, the only Mm -hmm. five or so that I get um but I mean it's still nice to get it just because you know it's holidays and you want to spend it with your family and stuff as opposed to Chloe working at a skilled nursing facility I get zero days off yeah because (laughs) they're open 20 I mean people live there it's their home so exactly and they need therapy so I don't get days off I mean there are ways around it so so that's nice I mean we're not expected to work you know, seven days a week, but you're... So how can you get around it, though? Um, we have what's called flexing, where, you know, I might get a holiday off um, that could fall on, like, a Wednesday, but I work that following Saturday, where I normally wouldn't work Saturday or Sunday, if that makes sense. Um, but my hours are standard for the most part. We hired another full-time speech therapist. I think last time uh, we recorded, I may have been the only speech therapist. I think you were. With a PRN coming in to help, Um, which, you know, coming straight out of grad school, 
Um, not having any experience in a skilled nursing facility was really stressful in the beginning because I was basically the only speech therapist running, you know, the speech therapy department. Um, but now there's another full-time speech therapist there. And so we alternate week to week and this is just, it's not a standard thing. It's just like what we decided works best for us. So, um, we alternate between coming in. Um, one, an early shift. So we come in early and are there for breakfast and then leave like um, middle of the afternoon. And then the other one comes in later and then leaves later. So they're, sta- they're there for dinner and we cover all meals since we do do swallowing therapy. Um, How would you say your CF is going? I mean, it's good. It's good. Do you think it's gotten better since you started? A hundred percent. I've always said that I've I already went through the worst, and it's only going to get better. Yeah. So I remember, I think, like, the last time we recorded, we talked about how, like, we were crying and we were stressed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I hope we're not discouraging anyone. Um, but, yeah, I haven't, honestly, since that last episode that we recorded, it's gotten so much better. I'm starting to get the hang of it more. I know what's expected of me more. Um, I remember I told you guys that I have, like, two to three evals in a week. Still the case. It's definitely not as hard like I'm already used to it I already know what questions I have to ask mm-hmm. in the parents interview I'm so before I would have like whenever I knew I had an eval like I had my little like template of questions that I had to ask I don't have to do that anymore I can kind of just go in there and like I already remember what to ask right. um depending on the child like I know what to look for to give like a certain assessment like I know what assessment to give mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot better with that um I've handled my caseload a lot better the most the most kids I can see in a day is 18 which is so many it's a lot but remember I do 30 30 minute sessions yeah Yeah. it's a lot but I'm definitely getting the hang of it and like thankfully not all of my kids are super low and like you know medically fragile and stuff so that really helps um I do look forward to like the kids where I can just work on their language goals and it's not like I have to worry about their behavior or like worry Mm -hmm. about other things that you know they're dealing with um, so that's good. I, I, yeah, so I'm getting the hang of my, my caseload a lot more. Um, I'm getting the the hang of, like, knowing when to discharge because that's one, one thing that's really big with my job. Like, we can't – it's not ethical for us to keep a kid for, like, more than two right. years or, like, more than two or three years unless they do need it and unless they're showing progress. Right, same. Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of getting the hang of that. Um, I'm making a lot more friendships now. I'm, I'm getting used to, like, you know, being able to, like, handle – you know, talking to my coworkers and like, you know, joking around and having a good time with not having a good time. That sounds wrong. But like, I don't know, I'm just getting better at like building my relationships, getting to know my coworkers better. Yeah, getting comfortable in my, yeah, I'm just getting comfortable and like kind of understanding because another thing in my job too, well, your job too, it's probably, but another thing is that we work very closely with the other disciplines. So Mm -hmm. occupational therapy and physical therapy. Um, We also have an audiologist on site. So I'm getting better at like understanding what they do. Right. Um, their roles. Yeah, exactly. So kind of like trying to incorporate, you know, worrying about the whole child and not just their speech and language or pragmatic skills. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, it's gotten so much better. So for anyone who just started their CF, you know, hang in there. It's really hard. I feel like it's with any job though. Um, it's a brand new experience and with time, I mean, you're, you're only going to get more comfortable and you're only going to get better. So it's a learning experience, just like grad school when you, when you first enter, it's all new and it's scary. And then by the time you graduate, you're like, okay. <laughs> I'm a pro. I'm a pro at grad school. <laughs> and then you have to graduate and start something yeah. new all over again. So um, for me, 
Julia, you covered all your bases. Now I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like I said, I have help now. <laughs> and it's Hey, help it's, is important. Yeah. Um, and another awesome thing is she's bilingual. So before I was kind of taking the role of seeing all the um patients who speak Spanish and while I wasn't even super comfortable to start with, um, now I consider myself proficient. Um, so this other speech therapist is bilingual as well, so it really helps out. Um, hey, why did you say proficient like that? Proficient? <laughs> proficient. Sorry, I had to call you out. Um, you know, I'm a speech therapist. I look up these things. But it's going well, um, except for uh, everything's going to change, supposedly, come October for the nursing facilities because... Um, I don't know a whole lot, and I'm not going to go into too much detail, but from what we've been learning is that Medicare and Medicaid is all going to be changing, um, and it's going to be a completely new model than what we've been used to the past couple of years. So they're gonna be, there's going to be a huge emphasis on group therapy. Um, with the adults. With the adults, but I do know that speech therapists are going to play a huge role in the sense that we will be determining how much money the facility is getting and I was kind of telling I was telling Julia earlier how it's going to work and like I said I can only vouch for my building um but I'm pretty sure I speak on behalf of skilled nursing facility where um a patient who comes in who needs physical therapy and occupational therapy and does not have a cognitive deficit is expected to make progress much sooner and much quicker than a patient who um, does have a cognitive deficit. So, um, you know, where their progress might, might take longer just because of that cognitive deficit. So our role is going to be going in and evaluating and determining if they do have that cognitive deficit and we have to do that within a three-day time span and then if they do the facility will get more money for that patient if that makes sense at all based on insurance and ho- based on insurance and hopefully i'm explaining that right <laughs> um but that's what i understand from from all the changes to come um, it's, it's really going to be more of a group model a group-based model so i mean there are pros and there are cons. Obviously, for someone who's got severe swallowing deficits, who um, who is bed-bound, is not going to be appropriate for group therapy. And that's, you know, that's totally understood. So, so that's based on appropriateness, yeah, based on appropriateness, it'll be majority group therapy. That honestly kind of sounds like how it is in the, in the school setting, yeah, though. Exactly. Because we have, like you know severely low kids you know kids with we can't treat them in a group it's just not going to happen so you kind of have to determine like where am I going to put this kid and how am I going to be able to see him one-on-one because he can't handle group kind of thing so so it's it's really whereas I have learned that since starting like we are working to return them to their prior level of functioning now it's more of we are working on determining um how safe they are to go home so making them safe to be able to go home so they they won't be spending as much time at our facility so there's lots of pros and cons depending on how you want to look at it but I mean change is always scary 
and you know it's just one of those things that you get used to it and once you're used to it then it's you know do you see yourself working at a school nursing facility forever no (laughs) i don't get me wrong i absolutely love the adult population the geriatric it sounds super intimidating but like now looking back kids sound super intimidating because they're a lot of work they are a lot of work and um it's just kind of like what you're you're interested in and you know what you yeah. can handle and stuff so I remember you like a long time ago we had this conversation and you said that once you decide that you want to have kids and start a family like you would prefer to work with kids me it, it just it depends on and the, the reason I said that is because of you know our flexibility yeah so it just really depends on that so another thing Chloe and I have actually been looking into like kind of just other um, someone that I follow on Instagram, she just got a job um, doing travel therapy. And I was like, whoa, that sounds so cool. So she would like be spending wherever they sent her, like she'll be spending a couple of months um, in that, you know, school setting or where I'm not really sure how it works, but um, she'll be spending time there. And I was like, that sounds really cool. You know, be able to travel, live in a different city every few months or so. Um, and then we were also looking at like teletherapy. So we'll see yeah I'm like I don't really see myself being in the hospital setting forever but I mean that's we're young you know we want to yeah exactly try different settings and learn new things so if we do decide to move on from our current jobs we will definitely keep you guys updated and let you know how that's going and pros and cons and all that so teletherapy being there like e-therapy where like you do therapy from your home yeah you on the computer which is awesome so Chloe was actually talking to one of her friends that she knows from undergrad or an acquaintance or something and he's doing teletherapy right yeah there's a a guy who's doing teletherapy and he does other things on the side like completely apart from speech therapy but but he likes it he loves it so we're like hey you know we get to work from home it sounds so enticing Mm -hmm. and he said you know he works for a company that's based out of california so he's getting california pay but lives in florida which Sounds really cool, yeah. Yeah, the standard of living in California is a little bit higher, so um, if you are a speech therapist in California, you do get paid more than Florida. Generally speaking, of course, I'm not speaking for any specific facility or anything, but... So yeah, we're, I mean, there's lots of options that I never even knew were a thing when I first thought of doing speech therapy, which is cool. Yeah, exactly. We're living and we're learning, guys. Yeah. Um, Another update is... Technically, I should already have my C's. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Chloe just applied to get her C's. I applied today to get my C's, but I really should have applied a month ago. <laughs> um, I've just been procrastinating. I know that's not something I should procrastinate with. But, um, so, now, which I didn't know. Well, I do know. Now, you can apply online. And so, I did it this morning expecting to be on my computer, like, all day trying to figure it out. And it literally took me, like... I want to say 20 minutes, if that. And it's super easy, super simple. Um, you have to, like, update some personal information. You have to submit your Praxis score. You have to have your transcript. But all of that was already in from when I applied for my CF. So, but, okay, so but you had to submit um, your clinical supervisor, all that paperwork, So, right? basically, I just put in my supervisor's name, and then um, it came up that like I didn't know her ASHA number or anything I just put in her name and what state she was in and it popped up and then once you click submit it sends something to her that she has to fill out 
Oh. And the same goes for the chair of our program. Once you click submit, she gets something that she has to sign off on. And then you pay and that's it. It's, yeah. And from what I understand from judging from like our friends, our grad school friends and stuff, it's a much quicker experience. Yeah, a couple days. Yeah. So how it used to be before was that you had or I mean, I guess you still you have still this option. This yeah. Way, yeah. Um, so how it used to be is that or you can still do this is that you can it's all by mail. So you have all this paperwork that you had to like initial and stuff from the chair of your program which I actually don't even know where I put that, so I'm glad it kind of, you know, we got we have the op- option of doing it online this year. Um, so we have to submit all that paperwork and then also the paperwork from your clinical supervisor, and obviously it's snail mail, so it mm-hmm. takes longer. We have a few friends that did do it via mail, mail which I think they... are still waiting. Yeah, via mail, and they're still waiting, and other friends that did it online, and they already got their seats, yeah. so that's pretty cool. So there's that option, but I do know that I think if you apply after... August, I say August? No, December? By the end of this year or something, it might change. Completely. Yeah, like, I, I think the requirements might change, so I just, I want to throw that out there. I don't even know. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> don't, don't quote us on this. I mean, that's if you're applying, like, now. Yeah, so I, Julia, have C's. not applied for my C's yet. I'm not done. I started a little bit later, um, than all of my peers did. I you went to Bali. I went to Thailand, yeah. So I took some time off to travel because what better time to travel than, like, being in between mm-hmm. life, you know, life what? Milestones. Life milestones, yeah. <laughs> so I had just graduated grad school, and then I went to Thailand and Bali for a month, so I didn't start till way after, and it took much longer because the the hiring and application and all that process mm-hmm. um, for me took, like, a month, so I didn't start till, like, mid-November, so... I should be hopefully getting my C's um, in September, around there. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, so yeah, September, I'm looking forward to it. For you, your pay will, go, will raise, won't it? Yeah, so that's why, that's why it's really exciting for me to actually get my C's, because I do get a pay raise. I'm not sure how much. I probably should ask. It's like an important question that I should ask. I haven't asked, though, um, because... You know, I'm still enjoying my job and I like my setting and I think it's a good opportunity for me. That's why I took it. But yeah. Um, so let's see. We have a few questions that um, I put up a question box today. Um, so we we have a few questions that people asked. We can answer those. Wait, can I make an announcement first? Ooh, Chloe wants to make an announcement. We are going to Asha. <laughs> That's funny. That's actually one of our questions. Yeah. Someone asked if we're going to Asha. Yes. I don't know how many days because I don't know how many days I want to take off from work. I At least minimum one day. I know for a fact I'm going. Um, yeah. And Chloe will actually be presenting. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be presenting my master's project with my um, professor and two of my colleagues. From grad school. From grad school. Um, I don't know which day or where we'll be or any details. I just know that we're presenting. And the convention center is literally five minutes away from my apartment. So I kind of have no excuse not to go. Yeah. Um, it's in Orlando this year, so it's very convenient for us. We don't have to fly anywhere right. or yeah. pay for other expenses like hotels and all that. So, yes, we will be going to Asha. We can't explore. <laughs> We can explore. Come on. We explore every weekend. Exactly. So we can explore that weekend too. Um, <laughs> we'll actually have friends from out of town too. We'll we'll have grad school friends from out of town, so it'll yeah. be it'll be fun. But we kind of want to know if you guys are going, and if you are, and you see us, 
That sounds so weird. That sounds so weird, but like, say hi or shoot us a message or yeah. let us know so we can meet you guys. Cause I remember be so last cool. year I had a bunch of people ask me if I was going to the Well, Julia is super popular. How many followers do you have? You don't have to go there. Yeah, we can. No. no, because it's really exciting. I no. remember when she first started. Come on. I have 14,000 followers. That's a lot of people. It is. I re- and I really appreciate all of you guys, especially everyone who's been with me since day one, and you haven't unfollowed me, and you've been listening to our podcast. I really do appreciate She's you guys. She's being really so humble. Yeah. Lame. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yes, yeah, so we, we do plan on going to Asha, and if you go to Asha, then you better come support Chloe and ask her questions with her. No. If you're going to ask me <laughs> questions, ask me really easy questions. <laughs> Or don't ask me any questions at all. No, you better... If you're presenting, you better know what you're talking about. I'm going to know what I'm... I have to refresh, though. It's been over a year. It will be. It'll be like a year and a half. Since we graduated. But it has been over a year since since our master's project. Since I've done that, yeah. Yeah, so master's project, for anyone who doesn't know, um, it's like your thesis, except you get to do it in a group. So with... At least in our program. Yeah, at least in our program. I don't know if other programs have that option, but it's very convenient because you're not just by yourself doing all this research. You know, you have your colleagues and people to help you and back you up and stuff so that's what a master's project it's let's see someone else asked advice for first internships off campus so chloe and i actually went to fiu where all of our internships were off campus Mm -hmm. we didn't we don't have an in-house clinic there unfortunately that would have been really cool though but um all of our internships were were off campus and um advice for a first rotation off campus i mean just ask questions. Be yourself. That's my that's my advice for everything. Always ask questions. Do Make, not hesitate. Even if you think it's like the dumbest question, um, your supervisors know that you're students and you're yeah. learning. So it is now or never. They know. I mean, they, no one expects you to be perfect and you're not going to be. Um, most of the time we have, we, what do we have? We have our midterm and we have our final. Yes. And our midterm is, your midterm is never going to be perfect. Yeah, exactly. You're not, I mean, unless you are perfect and you were like, descended from god's heavens or whatever like and by the end of it it's you're usually getting a perfect score you're getting an a unless you didn't show up (laughs) unless you're like one of those no i'm just kidding but um yeah it's a learning experience and they know that your supervisors know that so yes and do be professional you are a student but still be professional make sure you're wearing you know that's your job like yeah exactly make sure you're wearing your right clothes make sure you're showing up on time leaving on time you know, and doing what you can, going the extra mile and not just, like, showing up for the sake of showing up. This is your chance to, and that was another question I got, was, like, were my rotations a good indication of what area I wanted to go into? And absolutely 100%, um, it, you're going to learn what you like and what you don't like, and you yeah. may not like your location. It might not be your ideal you know, situation, but now you know you don't like it. Exactly. And there are, uh, that's a great thing about our field is there's so many options and so many areas to go into, so. Yeah, and that's another thing. If you do have that option, I know a lot of schools do give you the option of, like, deciding where you want to do your internship. Now is your time to play around with it and, like, you know, try a hospital setting, try a skilled nursing facility, try a school, like, try something that you don't necessarily know that you like or don't like. Right. Just to get that experience. And but if you do out. have the option and you know, let's say for sure you want to go, you want to work with adults when you graduate, like, then shoot for that. Try and get those Yeah, exactly. Because that's what they're going to look for in your resume. Like, have you had experience? You know, obviously mm-hmm. an ideal candidate would have all the experience in the world and mm-hmm. wouldn't need help. That's not the case here, but... It does help to have those internships under your belt. Right. Um, another question we got was, how did your experience as an SLPA help you in graduate school? 
um, I think it helped a whole lot. For one, I think having taken, I took how many, two years off between undergrad and grad school. And I think having had that experience kind of just solidified like, okay, yes, this is what I want to do as opposed to like, I've never worked in this field. You know, all I, all I have is just educational um, mm-hmm. information. Um, so it, I think it did help to, for me to know that like, I did like working with kids and I did like being a speech therapist at the time. Um, it's also helpful with, with your internships like kind of knowing what to expect and what you're going to do and stuff it makes I don't know I felt yeah. I felt like a little bit more knowledgeable I guess yeah you're li- you're li- literally working in the field yeah. as I mean as an assistant it's it's definitely super it's, beneficial it's kind of the same thing for me honestly. like I remember things that I learned as an SLPA um that they were talking about in class and I was like oh my god I know what she's talking <laughs> I've experienced I've, this. yeah and you know so it's like it's really it's it's cool when you can relate personal experiences to what you're learning learning in class. Yeah, agreed. 100%. Um it also helps, you know, being having been in SLPA, it helps your application for grad school, I think. Yeah. Because they see that like you have put in work. Right. Other like if your grades aren't the best, like yes, she's been working as an SLPA, she obviously does like it if she's still pursuing this, you know, career so. Right. I think it looks better on your uh, grad school application and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um Lena said, do you miss me? Yes, Lena, we miss you. Um, another question was, are tips on, or opinions on balancing student loans with other life expenses? Um, if you're relying on loans, which I did, pretty much, you know, like 80%, try to limit your expenses <laughs> as much as you can. There are things that obviously you can't avoid, like eating, or if you need to buy scrubs for your internships or books that you may need, but... You know, don't go party every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, Prioritize. Yeah, try to, you know, cook more at home, you know, to save money as opposed to eating out all the time. Try, you know, exactly, just prioritize. Kind of just limit yourself in a way because loans are loans and, you know, they're going to come back and take your You're eventually going to have to pay them back, you know. With interest. So, yeah, so. If you can get a part-time job, a weekend job, you know. Online I work, job. Yeah, so online yeah exactly online jobs i know apple offers online jobs there's another company called vp kids is that what it's called i don't know it's like vp kids and it's it's kind of just like an online english school for kids in china which was really cool i applied for that i actually didn't end up following through all the way because um i don't remember why but it's it was just a really good opportunity i had a friend that was doing it at the time and she loves it i think she's still doing it um, they make pretty good money. I don't remember how much it was. I know it was like $25 an hour or something. The hours are very flexible, so that's definitely one thing. Another thing is like I did tutoring, which I got paid like $30 an hour for, so I would work two hours a week and get paid $60, which, you know, when you're in grad school and money is mm-hmm. tight, you know, $60 yeah. goes a long way. Um, you can get a weekend job as long as, you know, you you can handle it. You don't want to, like, stress yourself out and then give yourself a heart attack. Right, like, our program advised us that after a certain time, they recommended not to work. Yeah. But, I mean, there were definitely people in our class that did work until they graduated, so. Yeah. Um, It's doable, but is it hard? Yes. It's doable. It's, It's up to you. You know yourself better than anyone. Can you handle it? What can you handle? And be upfront with these if you do decide to get a job, like, Hey, I'm a student first and work comes after. So if you can live with family members, I lucked out. Chloe did too. Um, we both had our parents living in 
in Miami at the time, so we didn't have to pay for rent. We didn't have to pay, like, you know, bills. Right. I think my cell phone bill and my car were the only things I I literally paid for school. So that was really, really helpful. Yeah. So. But, I mean, it happens, you know. Things to consider. And this is also something to consider when you are looking at programs. Like, which one is the best for you in terms of economically or, you know. Right. Not just which one is the best school, which one's going to get me out the quickest. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right, guys. Well, that was all. If you do have any questions, you know, you can always feel free to shoot us a DM and we will try to get to you guys as quickly as we can. But other than that, thank you for listening. And we'll for sure see you guys at ASHA. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, preferably Saturday. I think that's the day I'm aiming for. But thank you for listening. Have a good day. Bye.